Well, hello, Zen Founder listeners. Brooke Bergman-Parr here with you again today. So today is December 21st, the first day of winter, winter solstice. And we are moving into the heart of the holiday season. And so today I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, First thing, first things first though, which is that if you didn't catch it already, uh, Sherry Walling's TED Talk went live yesterday on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube and Google Sherry Walling TED Talk and you can watch her TED Talk. It is beautiful and heartfelt and I am so proud of you, Sherry. And I'm so happy that you are contributing to this conversation about movement and mental health and how movement needs to be an integral part of the mental health conversation. So if you haven't already, go ahead and uh, check it out. It's pretty awesome. So again, today we're going to be talking about families of origin. We're going to be talking about grief and we're going to be talking about how to find some hope in the midst of what can be a really challenging and dark time of year for some folks. That being said, here goes our little chat. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. So the song, I'll be home for Christmas, you all know it, was written in 1943 uh, from the perspective of a soldier overseas, sung by Bing Crosby, longing for the comforts and the safety of home during the last great world war, World War II. And this idea of being home for the holidays I'll be home for Christmas. I mean, that's not the only song about this idea of going, quote, home for the holidays. And so I wanted to just explore this idea of home uh, for the holidays, uh, both the good parts and maybe the challenging parts of that just paradigm or idea that we have in our minds. So again, going back to that song, while I don't necessarily want to make the comparison that we are all like soldiers longing for home at Christmas time, I do think it really is all a matter of degree. The year has been hard, work is hard, parenting is hard, grief is hard, and it's all kind of hard. And I think that the idea of the holidays and quote, going home for the holidays or being home for the holidays really represents this idea of resting, both resting and celebrating together with your people. 
Now, obviously, those people who are working in uh, retail or the restaurant industries don't get that rest, but that's another podcast about systemic issues <laughs> affecting different uh, races and classes. But that is actually an important point. And so there is this wish for rest, this wish for celebration, this wish for home, uh, for honoring what was both hard and for celebrating uh, what was good throughout the year. But here's where it gets tricky for a lot of people. Most therapists would say this is probably their busiest time of year because there's a big question that I think a lot of people are asking. And the question is, what if going, quote, home or being home isn't actually restful? What if going home makes you feel anxious, tense, or sad? What if you have lost the anchor of the family or you've, you know, experienced just any kind of a loss of a person or maybe someone is in the hospital for Christmas. A few years ago for myself, back in 2019, my dad was in the hospital for Christmas and that was really, really scary and hard for all of us. What if you have been uh, recently divorced and now don't have your child with you at Christmas? Your family structure forever changed. What if you were abused and going home actually feels pretty terrifying? And what if, quote, going home just leaves you drained, frustrated, and with the I can't wait to get back to my regular life feeling? So as you can see, this idea of, quote, going home for the holidays is, is a pretty mixed bag, kind of heavy on the sad. And this time of year can be really sad and bittersweet for so, so many reasons. I heard a report that actually December is the month where there's the highest amount of heart attacks. And I'm not surprised by that for a number of reasons. So again, this time of year can be sad and bittersweet for so, so many reasons. I uh, I used to be a traditional churchgoer. I used to go to church pretty regularly and used to be a part of a regular community. I no longer attend for a variety of reasons, at least the building that I like to say. I, like, I no longer attend the building. <laughs> but the favorite church that I used to go to, University Presbyterian, was led by the soulful, wise, and kind-hearted Chris Erdman. Side note, if you are recovering from Christian fundamentalism but want to continue connecting to some sort of spiritual practice, I definitely recommend looking up Chris Erdman. Go ahead and Google chriserdman.com. He now works as a spiritual director. So anyway, while I was attending that congregation, I really learned so much from him about some true spiritual practices that can anchor us in really, I think, the purposes of spirituality. And one of the things that he taught me about was Advent. And it is a pretty contrary practice to the busy, busy, busyness of holiday preparations. Uh, if you're like me, it seems like the holiday list is just never really completely <laughs> done. And so this idea of Advent actually helps us pause and reflect on what is happening in our own souls and the souls of those around us. And so Advent in the tr traditional church calendar is the four weeks leading up to Christmas. So 
a lot of the more traditional churches actually don't even decorate until Christmas Eve, which is a nice counterpoint to this, uh, the Christmas that has been creeping up even on Halloween. <laughs> I definitely like this idea. And, and I've incorporated this idea of sort of slowly easing into Christmas in my own home. And it's really uh, taken a load of stress off of me. And I, I'm going to offer that uh, practice to you as well. So this Advent time, the idea is that there's this waiting, right? It's the time of year when it is the darkest and it is getting darker and darker and darker. And there's this literal waiting for the light. It's metaphorically sort of like the last few weeks of a really challenging pregnancy. And this idea of Advent is that it is the time when we lean into the truth of the earth and her position around the sun and the tenacious and indisputable fact that on December 21st, the day that I am recording this podcast, the light returns to those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. And that light is so desperately needed. And so... Back to family, rest, home. Part of why this year is so hard is because we are faced with the conflict between what we wish for and the reality of what is. And those two disparate pictures can really cause some pretty deep heart pain. Add to the conflicting mental images, the actual darkness of the days, the cold, and you really do have a perfect recipe for suffering. Part of my life's work and my goal is to help people suffer with purpose. <laughs> because the truth is that suffering is sort of inevitable. There will always be hard, hard things. But I don't want people to stay in their suffering. I want people to learn how to move through their suffering. I want people to learn to find joy, play, and embodiment in their grief. I want to support healthy grieving and to support folks in learning to open their hearts to love even when it feels scary to do so. And to give people the hope that this is possible. Advent is the season of waiting and of hope. And so there are a few ways to access uh, some of this hope and healing that I would like to offer. So as I mentioned in the introduction yesterday, uh, my dear friend and founder of this podcast and specialty of supporting entrepreneurial mental health, you all know her, Dr. Sherry Walling. Her first TED Talk went live on YouTube yesterday. And Sherry's premise is that movement is central to mental health and the ability to grieve well, and that the body is the foundation from really which everything else flows, that the body is the well of wisdom from which we should be drawing, and that the language of the body is where we will be able to express feelings that are hard to name. Similarly to Sherry, I also found myself in the midst of crisis as a mental health professional, 
curiously or ironically, a couples therapist, marriage and family therapist. Um, I went through a divorce and that was an incredibly painful experience for a variety of reasons. One of them was honestly, uh, as a mental health prof- specifically as a marriage and family therapist, I, I felt quite frankly, like a failure. Um, and there was a lot of confusion around my abilities and my role. And I really didn't have words for my experience. I, I felt a lot of shame. There was a lot of anger, sadness, confusion. But I ultimately found healing also through movement, <laughs> through a sacred feminine dance practice that allowed me to tell the totality of my story through my body. And this practice, this attuning myself to my own body, helped me heal in ways that I really couldn't have otherwise. And it still remains a pretty integral part of caring for my body to this day and my mental health. Because body language is what happens when we go home or anywhere, really. But I think that we struggle sometimes in our family of origins because we don't know how to care for our own bodies in the presence of having to care for other bodies. And by bodies, I mean emotions. Maybe you were responsible for helping your sister who had tantrums. Maybe you had to help her calm down to the point where you neglected yourself. So now, even though she doesn't have tantrums anymore because she's a grown-up, hopefully, you still feel the urge to care for her feelings and her body needs above your own. Perhaps there is an old body story of, I'm not safe here. Whatever your story is, I would encourage you to listen to what it is when you are around your family of origin. But also, I mean, if you're a grown-up and you have your own family now, to to listen to the ways in which those old stories continue to uh, show up, so to speak. So much of the holidays, ironically, paradoxically, painfully involve ignoring the body, which is why I, I really do believe that so many mental health crises happen during this time of year, is because there's so much uh, ignoring the body, which then dysregulates the body. There's too much eating, there's too much drinking, there's no exercising, there's ignoring the need for sleep. Like I mentioned earlier, it's kind of no wonder that December has the highest rate of heart attacks year after year, high rates of illness, And obviously we can point to the cold weather and people gathering indoors, but we do know some things about the immune system and that when we aren't caring for our bodies as they need, we are more susceptible to illness and injury. And so this holiday season, on this day of the returning of the light, I'm going to offer you the hope of attending to the needs of your body, no matter what holiday activities you choose to do. 
One way uh, that you can access the needs of the body is through sensory experiences. And by honoring what sensory experiences help you regulate your own body, okay? Uh, So maybe for you, what's really regulating, I know this can actually be true for a lot of people, is uh, warm showers or hot baths. You know, and so being able to say to your family, okay, goodbye now, I am taking a long shower, right? And being able to step away and honor your own body's needs. Maybe it is your body just functions better when he, she, or they gets a walk, a long walk in the morning. First thing in the morning, you put on those headphones and you go for a walk and then you just feel better about everything, about life. <laughs> it's Sometimes I call it the miracle walk. It's like, uh, you know, everything is going wrong, but then you take a walk with some music and then all of a sudden your family is nicer and things smell better. <laughs> no, but really, actually that's the power of endorphins, right? And that's the power of what happens when we move our bodies. And so it really is sometimes very simple things that can be really healing and really regulating for your body during the holidays. Sometimes it means that, you know, as mentioning bringing your headphones, maybe it's okay, everybody's getting ready to go to Christmas Eve service and you can hear the anxiety in your mother's voice (laughs) as she's barking at everybody for whatever, you know, and she's anxious because leaving time is approaching and everyone might be late. And so in this moment, I offer you the gift of a really, really deep breath. And actually, this one is probably my favorite body movement that you can easily do. I would often teach this one to to groups, and we would just learn to breathe. It's sort of not fascinating, that's the wrong word, but uh, surprising how shallowly we are all breathing. (laughs) Like if you actually notice, like even right now, I would challenge you to think about what, oh my gosh, how am I breathing right now? And to really just stop whatever you're doing, be still for a moment and take a nice long in breath all and filling your breath all the way down to your belly. Feel free to do it with me if you want. And I was feeling all the way to the diaphragm and then blowing out so slow. That, my friends, is really powerful stuff. If you can learn to deep breathe like that in any moment, I guarantee your home life will change for the better. And you will learn to be home wherever you are. And that, my friends, I think is really the goal, is learning to be home in one's own body. That home isn't a place that you go to in terms of geography. Home is your own body. Home is your very being. And returning home to your own body is what I hope you learn to associate being home 
for the holidays. And that is my gift to you this holiday season, fellow listeners. It has been a pleasure sharing my thoughts and feelings with you uh, this last year. And I look forward to sharing more as we close out this year. I think about the people who might be listening and I wonder how this might affect them. And I offer this uh, information to you as a gift. And so I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and that you find some, some measure of hope. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.